Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork is shady? Do the darkest farm side keep you up late at night? Are you sick of pushing paper? Swinging your tools the more you gave up. Call us the tricks of your trade. Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed. Does the bill to pay you late and your cash flow fluctuates? Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider working smarter. Don't be a business smarter. Call us the Tricks of Your Trade. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Tricks of Your Trade podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Serson, construction adjudicator and director of Tricks of Your Trade. In today's episode, I'm going to get right down to the nitty gritty and talk to you about the five most common baseless excuses that builders are giving subbies for not paying them. And I'm going to tell you what to say in reply. Uh, So I don't want to keep talking about these political overarching um, topics all the time on this podcast. I do want to give you some things that you can implement straight away to make your business hum and um, get your cash flow flowing so that you know what to say to the builder when Uh, but i will return uh, to those topics when we have our guest experts so if you are hanging out for more info about any of those topics they are coming up Uh, but in this episode i want to start to give you some tools that you can use in your business right now so if you're wondering why builders are using these tactics in my experience it's always two reasons either they're delaying payment to prop up their own cash flow Uh, And so they're making you jump through a series of stupid hoops uh, before you can shake the money out of them. And they do that just so that they can keep your money in the bank for longer. And just by making it really hard for you to get paid or putting some roadblocks in the way, they can actually successfully keep a bunch of your cash in their bank account. So there are a bunch of subbies out there who just won't do anything about it. Maybe you were one of those subbies in the past and you're looking at sharpening your tools up so that you can um, not be not be at the end of the line for payment anymore now these builders that do this they're literally banking on you not rocking the boat Uh, so the longer you don't rock the boat you are feeding into this behavior and you're feeding into this conduct and you're actually validating them um, for their misbehavior so stop and think about it next time that you don't want to have that conversation because you're nervous about it or because you think that you won't win the next job if all of you subbies out there keep doing it and you're not squealing the builder will think that you're fine with it so um have a think about that now the either that or they think that you're just too dumb to do anything about it and so they think that they can just keep stringing you out and there's nothing you can do because you don't know where to go for help and you don't know what to do about it So um, we know that's not the case. You're listening to this podcast. You're getting yourself an education. This is not going to keep happening to you. Second reason, uh, if these guys are not just trying to kick the can down the road on payment, the second reason these guys are doing it is because they are genuinely uneducated about security of payment and they don't know any better. So I've actually worked with some really, really great builders who run a really great project and they've got good people working for them but they have these admin procedures internally because they're still running a business from the very, very old school. Uh, They have these admin procedures that make you jump through a bunch of hoops. And so sometimes you'll get a response from them saying you won't be paid because you didn't stand on one leg wearing your grandmother's hat and do a hop, skip and a jump or something silly like that. I'm using a funny example, of course, but uh, we'll get into the nitty gritty about that in a second. 
So if this is the case and your builder just doesn't know any better, these guys are less educated than you are. So as long as your admin is in order, you should be able to get yourself paid. You shouldn't have a drama getting paid. And these guys, once I've actually pointed out to them very palatably and nicely uh, that they can't do that in accordance with security of payment legislation, they're really humble about it. And they'll actually apologize and go, thank you so much for telling me about that. I'm going to talk to our management. And then I've actually seen them change the way that they um, run their admin processes. So you won't always come up against a brick wall with these things. It's the other message I want to get across to you. Number one message, if you are going to play the silly game and not rock the boat, then you are feeding their behavior and you are validating their conduct. And number two is sometimes if you tell them and you call them out about it, they will be embarrassed and surprised and they will be grateful for the information. So there's really no reason why you shouldn't bring this up if the builder is giving you some of these excuses. Now, the other thing I wanna to bring to your attention is from a security of payment perspective, if you need to debt recover, sometimes these stupid emails that builders send can constitute a payment schedule under the Security of Payment Act in your state. Uh, so, if you've got a payment schedule that is very easy to pull to pieces because we're going to debunk all the reasons why they can't do these things, it's not a bad thing for you to get an email like this. And when I have been assisting subcontractors in debt recovering in the past and helping them do an adjudication application, I'm always secretly delighted when I see these cracker excuses because they make for a really good adjudication application. It's usually quite easy to get your money. Um, Usually the adjudicator might be persuaded that it's a baseless reason for non-payment or nine times out of 10, you don't even have to get a decision from an adjudicator because once the builder realizes how bad his payment schedule was and you apply for adjudication, then they'll come back to you and either just pay you or they'll ring you up and say, hey, we need to settle this. We can't go all the way through to the end of the adjudication. So uh, when it comes to looking at these emails that you're getting, I want you to start thinking a little bit differently about them. When you get an email um, and you think it's a bullshit reason for non-payment, first of all, think to yourself, are there any other indications that this builder is struggling financially? And do I think he's delaying payment to prop up his cash flow? Or do I think he's a good bloke? He just doesn't know any better. And that might help you sort of color the way that you deal with him moving forward. Now I'm going to give you uh, five examples of reasons for non-payment that I see all the time and usually what my recommended response is. And there's two ends of the stick here. You can either go hardline, no, you're not entitled to do that and here are the legal reasons why. Um, I don't recommend that from the get-go because you could just have a builder who just doesn't know any better and he's got every intention of paying you and once you correct him, he might just do it. So we always try and go the relationship route first. Um, before we start to get into technicalities. And that makes it really easy for you yourself to just write an email in your plain language, uh, just the way you talk to the guy on site, hi mate, blah, 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 let's get this resolved, instead of trying to get fancy and technical, because if you try and get fancy and technical from the outset, the builder will just either shut up shop and stop talking to you, or they'll pull the contract out and start throwing every nasty thing they possibly can at you. Okay, so let's get into it. Uh, these are the five most common reasons that I see that builders give to subbies to say, I'm not paying you. 
First one is you didn't submit on the date that the contract said you had to submit. Now, builders do this in a lot of instances because they want to manage the flow of inquiries through their accounts department. So they're looking for admin efficiencies. And when I was a builder's CA, what would typically happen is all the payment claims would come in between the 25th and the 28th of the month. And then you knew that you had to get your payment schedule out. Um, back then in our state, it was 10 business days. But by the time that the payment schedule was due, either under the contract or the act, and so the payment schedule is the document where you go back to the subby and you'd say, this is how much you're being paid. And if there's any reason you're not being paid something, these are the reasons why. Now, it is good manners if you want to play along with that and submit your payment claim on the day the contract says, but it's not going to invalidate your payment claim under the Security of Payment Act in your state. If you put your payment claim in on or after the date that the contract says, so if you decide, say for example, your contract says 25th of each month and the 25th of December is obviously Christmas day, you're off down the beach at Double Island Point or you know, you're down at Byron, wherever the hell you are for Christmas, there's no way that you're going to sit down and bash out all of your payment claims and send them to the builders. That's crazy town. So you might wait until you come back on the 4th of January and you're sticking in all of your payment claims then. And the builder comes back and says, mate, why is this late? You're supposed to stick it in on the 25th. Now, you need to respond to him and let him know that that's not kosher. The first thing I'd do is I'd check the contract to see what the due date provision says. So you need to know if I put in a payment claim, how many business days or days after I put my payment claim in, does it become due for payment? And if the builder's going against their own contract terms, you can tactfully let them know that they don't have any right to do that under the contract, um, but also they don't have any right to do that under the Security of Payment Act. So this is what I'd recommend in this circumstance is we just in very informal language, just say, hi mate, sorry we upset the apple cart. We normally try to submit on the day, but this month something came up we don't think it's reasonable that you delay our payment by another month because it wasn't put in on the day that the contract says. Can you please confirm for me in a proper payment schedule that we will be paid by the due date in accordance with the contract? That is to say, I assume that you don't intend for this email to be a payment schedule for the purposes of the, of the Security of Payment Act. And so what you've done there in that email, you've said it in very informal language, but you've basically called him out and said, hey, one, this is not fair. Two, um, that's not in accordance with the contract. And three, do you really think this is a payment schedule? If you do think it's a payment schedule, tell me or give me a proper one. And so that will be enough in an email to trigger in the builder's mind, hey, this subby knows about the Security of Payment Act. They know that we can't kick the payment into the next uh, payment period, into the next end of month pay run. And he knows what a payment schedule is. And he's asking me, he's essentially calling me out and saying, do you intend to rely on this shitty email in an adjudication? Uh, but you've said it in a very informal way that's hopefully not going to upset the apple cart. Okay, so bullshit reason number two. Uh, this one is pretty funny, actually. Um, so the builder sends you an email and says to you, hey, you're not going to be paid your payment claim because you didn't send it to the right person in our office or to a specific email address. So this is a cracker where you get the ones that always come through where they're saying you've got to send it to ap at builders, 
um, email.com. And so I'm actually going to read you one of these emails that I received last year because just I want to highlight to you how innocent sometimes these things are. Your builder's not necessarily always trying to be nasty. Um, so this is one that I got last year. It said, hi, mate, um, when you're sending invoices to our email address, can you please not put any other names into the to line before you put in our invoices email address? Because if you don't, our email system doesn't pick up your email and then you your claim goes unpaid. It goes unnoticed and unpaid. Um, so the best way to avoid these issues is to make sure that you put the invoices email in the to line before you put in any other staff's name into the to line. Now, this silly builder is actually a very good builder. Um, they're actually a really good relationship builder. They're very good to their subbies and they always pay on time. So when I got this email, I wasn't too concerned. We just phoned them up and we had a conversation. But what this builder is admitting to is that they have got a system that allows for people to give payment claims. And if they don't do this very specific thing of putting in one particular email address first in the two line, so the email address may appear elsewhere in the two line, but doesn't appear first in the two line, then it won't get registered and allocated in their record system to a staff member and that it'll go unnoticed and unpaid. So you do need to know that from a compliance perspective with security of payment, when you're sending your payment claim, you should have some regard to what the contract says in terms of where you need to send your payment claim. So um, if, you, if there's a spe specific person that you need to email under the contract and that's written into the contract about where to send your payment claim and then that person no longer works for that builder, that's a good opportunity to go back and say, hey, the contract says I've got to send it to this person. They're not there anymore. Now, can you give me a um, direction under the contract to send it to a new person? The other thing is, if you've been giving your payment claim consistency to one staff member, and then suddenly the builder changes the rules, like saying, now you've got to send it to an accounts payable email address or something like that, they're going to have a hard time arguing that they weren't given a copy of the claim because they've obviously responded to it a number of times prior. And from a practical perspective, if you've got an email from a builder replying to your payment claim, it's pretty difficult for them to deny that they've been served. They're going to look like a real mug replying to the email that you've attached your payment claim to saying, we didn't get your payment claim because you didn't send it to the right email address. It's a bit of a bollocks um, sort of theory behind it. But I think if you do approach it with that good bloke sort of uh language in an email just saying thanks for letting me know since you've been able to reply to our claim we think you can still get it in the payment run um, happy enough to change our procedures if you give us a written direction and can you please confirm when we're going to be paid and when and is it your intention that this is a payment schedule for the security of um, for the purposes of security of payment and that will then make them realize well hang on a second the subby understands what security of payment is uh, he's calling us out he's saying do we intend to rely on this email? And then they might sit down and read the email and go, oh, we probably don't want to rely on that in adjudication. We better just pay this guy this month. Okay, this is uh, the common reason number three why you are being told by your builder that you're not being paid. And he says to you, your payment claim's invalid because you did give a tax invoice or because you didn't give a tax invoice. Now, I'm going to go through those two options there. Either you did or you didn't give a tax invoice. The first one, you did give a tax invoice. The reason they get their knickers in a knot about this is because 
When builders are turning over a certain amount of money in their business, they fall under tax provisions that requires them to give what's called a recipient created tax invoice uh, for tax law. And if you give them a tax invoice and then they generate a recipient created tax invoice, it, it's so much admin that they've got to marry it all up and it becomes an administrative burden. The other big problem for them is a lot of times builders want to generate a recipient created tax invoice in the form of a payment schedule and that payment schedule will be proposing to pay you an amount that is not the same as what you've claimed on your tax invoice. And so that's why they get upset. They want you, they're trying to push you into claiming what they want you to claim. Now, the other one, uh, if you didn't give a tax invoice, so you gave your payment claim with no tax invoice, they might not be subject to recipient created tax invoice provisions. And so they might need a tax invoice to be able to pay you and then record the GST amount that you've claimed. So <clears throat> from an admin's perspective, again, uh, sometimes it can be good to jump through those hoops. But what you need to be aware of as a subby is that your payment claim, so there is no state in a state or territory in Australia that invalidates a payment claim because you don't attach a tax invoice. Now, the only state that goes close to talking about tax invoices is in Queensland. And in Queensland, they say that you must request payment for a valid payment claim. And for the purposes of requesting payment, the word invoice can be enough. So the act actually goes so far to say that you can just write the word invoice on your uh, payment claim and that will indicate to the builder that you're requesting payment. Now, disclaimer, there are more things that you've got to do than that to have a valid payment claim. It's not just that one thing that you've got to do, but we'll get to that in later episodes. Um, but I just want to highlight for the purposes of this uh, question that even if you didn't give a tax invoice or you didn't write the word invoice, but you otherwise requested payment in Queensland, you'd still probably have a valid payment claim uh, for that criteria alone. So what you need to do is go back to your builder and say, look, Thanks for flagging this. We have recently had some training on this and we understand that we're not required to give a tax invoice with our claim for it to comply with the Security of Payment Act. Happy to flick you one now if you need it though. Could you please confirm how much we will be paid on the due date? I assume this email is not your payment schedule for the purposes of Security of Payment and that you'll send one in time. So what you're doing there is you're going back and saying, hey, you can't get away with this. Um, you can't kick the can down the road on paying us because of this. I'm happy to give you a tax invoice if you really want one. Um, obviously, if you've already given one and they're upset that you gave one, you can't ungive it. But could you please confirm how we will be paid, how much we'll, we'll be paid and when? You're really saying to them, put yourself in a position about whether or not you're going to pay us. And if you are um, hoping to rely on this email as a payment schedule, we don't think it's much chop. So that should get you a uh, resolution for that type of a response. Now, reason number four for not paying you. This one's a little bit touchy because it sort of plays on friendships and relationships a little bit. But when the builder says to you, hey, we're not paying you because we haven't been paid yet. And oftentimes you'll get this response about a retention payment claim. Now, what you need to keep in the back of your mind here is two things. One, you've given a payment claim. And there are time, time frames for enforcing that payment claim. 
if you just say to the builder, no worries, mate, that sucks, you haven't been paid, I'll just wait for you to get paid and I'll just, you know, be your friend, uh, you might miss out on your right to enforce that payment claim. And so if you don't action it and your time runs out on it uh, and the builder goes broke, you might be missing an opportunity to become a secured creditor in some states. So in some states, uh, security payment legislation has avenues for you to become a secured creditor if you are not paid. Um, it's a lengthy process, I'm not going into it now, but I just want to flag to you that if you don't enforce your payment claim or if you don't pursue that payment claim, you just let it time out because you're waiting for the builder to be paid, you are not doing yourself a favour. You could be using your last chance to use adjudication to recover your money. Second thing I want to flag to you is that the builder is telling you openly that he doesn't have the cash to pay you or he doesn't have the cash to pay everybody until he gets paid. And so he's relying on your friendship or your mateship or your promise of winning the next job uh, to pay you later than his other creditors. So he's coming right out and telling you in a very uh, pseudo way that he's going to pay you last because you're his mate and you're going to let him get away with it. So this is where you need to actually come back from a position of strength and say, hi, mate, uh, thanks for being really open and honest about this. We have got time frames under the security of payment legislation that we can't ignore and it's in our company's best interest to recover our debts when they fall due. Uh, so um, it's unfortunate that you haven't been paid yet, but your, the money that you owe us is a standalone debt owed to us under the contract and it needs to be paid. Can you please confirm how much we will be paid and when? Uh, I assume that this email is not your payment schedule for the purposes of security of payment and that you will send me a proper one. So what you're saying there is you're saying, hey, we know about the security of payment legislation. We know about the timeframes. We're running a business too, and we can't compromise our business for the benefit of your business. Uh, tell us when you're going to pay us. And uh, we assume that this is not your payment schedule. And that so... I'm positive that you will get a response from your builder about that. If you do get a response from your builder that says, we can't pay you until we get paid, I'd love to be able to pay you, or I'm sitting outside the bank um, trying to get some money, or I've tried to do this other crazy town thing uh, to get some money to pay you, then you need to escalate and step up your debt recovery processes and get some advice quick smart because it sounds like your builder is showing signs of financial distress. Now, this last one, number five, the fifth reason that we most commonly see that you're not going to be paid is, hey, you didn't give a stat deck with your payment claim, and so you're not going to be paid because your claim is invalid without a statutory declaration. Now, I'm just going to debunk that right from the get-go. There is no jurisdiction in Australia that requires the subcontractor to give a statutory declaration with their payment claim for a valid stat deck. Some states require a builder to give it to the principal, but at the date of this podcast, no states require the subcontractor to give a statutory declaration for a compliant payment claim under their security of payment legislation. Now, <clears throat> in terms of a stat deck, we subbies know we've been doing this age-old dance of going and getting justice of the peace or whoever to sign your statutory declarations to say that you've paid all of your sub-subcontractors, suppliers, employees, tax, 
the mailman, anyone else who you might owe money. It is good matters to just do it. If you don't want to rock the boat, just get it done. I know it's a pain to go and get it done, but go and get it done. Make sure you're not uh, swearing to a statement that is not true. Uh, those might be circumstances where you second guess whether or not you should be giving a stat deck if it's not true. Uh, but your right to debt recover under your adjudication process in your state does not require you to have paid your subbies and your suppliers and the other people you might owe money. Now, you might be re contractually required, but you're not required under security payment legislation. I'll tell you why. The High Court considers this a pay when paid provision. So what they're saying is it's not the builder will pay you when the builder gets paid. It's the opposite end. It's worth saying the builder's only going to pay you when you've paid your subby. So it's again a pay when paid provision. So you don't want to be doing this willy-nilly all the time. It will ring alarm bells with your builder and it will cause relationship issues if you keep refusing to give a stat deck. If you're having problems signing stat decks because your cash flow is not being managed, that's a bigger issue for you to start thinking about. But in the short term, if you need to give a payment claim to debt recover and you can't swear a stat deck because it's not true, what you need to do is give your payment claim and if the builder comes back and says, hey, we're not paying you because where's your stat deck or this payment's on hold for your statutory declaration, it is really just a simple um, email back to them again using that whole, hi mate, thanks very much for flagging this. We've recently had some training and we understand that we're not required to give a stat deck with our claim for it to comply with the security of payment legislation. We will get you one in due course. Uh, can you please confirm how much we will be paid on the due date? And I assume this is not your payment schedule. Again, that old chestnut. We assume this is not your payment schedule for the purposes of security payment and that you will send us one in due course. So you're calling the builder out and saying, hey, look, sorry, we missed it. Um, try not to draw too much attention to it, but you guys can't get away with this. Can you please confirm when you're going to pay us and how much? And we assume this is not your payment schedule for the purposes of security of payment. Now, I do need to preface this episode with a bit of a disclaimer. Uh, the information and the topics that we're talking about in this podcast are intended for training or general education purposes only. Uh, they are not to be taken as advice or specific advice in terms of your personal circumstances or your particular payment claim. Uh, and whether or not you have prospects of success for recovering via adjudication. Uh, if I can urge you, please do seek legal advice in respect of all or any of these issues if you are having it. Um, alternatively, if you would wish to contact me, you can do so via questions at tricksofyourtrade.com.au um, by email. Or if you want to look at my website, you can contact me through my website, www.tricksofyourtrade.com.au. So that wraps it up for uh, the podcast for this week. Uh, I hope you have a really amazing weekend. Uh, so looking forward to next week's episode, I am going to uh, give you five more excuses for non-payment that the builder can't get away with and what you should say back. I'm also going to give you a bonus podcast next week on how to spot the sinking ship and recognizing the signs of your um, builder being in financial distress. So make sure you tune in.